I'm Hans. And I'm Laura. And we, we love, love to, to go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Before the pandemic, we loved to go to the theater and watch a film on Saturday. And now we're doing it in our living room. But one way or the other, the one thing we love more than watching the movie is discussing it. So now we get to do it with you and a cocktail. So enjoy. Hans, Hans and Laura, Laura go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. It's another very balmy July night here in Pennsylvania. You bet it is. And we're hunkered down in our living room with the air conditioning running, watching a rather interesting pick this week. So Definitely unusual. Definitely unusual. We um, opted for a Netflix movie that we picked... Uh, basically while factoring in timing. Um, and the movie was titled While We're Young. And so we we sat down to watch this film and about probably seven minutes into the movie, we realized that we had definitely already watched this movie. Yeah, which is kind of a shame because I actually remember that it was good. And the thing is, is that it wasn't good enough that we wanted to watch it again, per se. But right. it was a good movie. We also didn't really remember enough about it to be able to talk about it in any sort of detail, intellectually, or review it, other than just, it was a movie that we watched. And we thought that it was fairly good, as if memory serves. That's how I remember so um, after we had already, you know, sort of sat down and queued this movie up and started to watch it and then had a conversation about the fact that we already watched it and then had to pivot and try to find something else to watch, we settled on something that I think is actually really interesting. Um, Hans and I both very much like watching short films. It's something that we like to go to the movie theater and yeah. do. Normally we watch the Oscar nominated shorts. Yep, totally. And we also have in recent years gone to our town's film festival and watched, you know, gone to the, the film block that had the shorts there as well. So it is something we like. So we stumbled right. upon a Netflix quote unquote series, mm -hmm. but it's essentially a collection of short films entitled homemade. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the, um, we watched the first three, they're, they're very short, short films for sure. Uh, the first was basically, uh, in, involved a drone The the second involved, oh, um, Figurines. figurines yeah figurines and the third um involved kids so <laughs> it it was they, they they were interesting and um and that was that was rather unique i think to yeah uh, to watch so these. just just to jump in and tell you a little about the series it's a netflix series called homemade and it's a collection of short films all of which were created by filmmakers during the global pandemic. And it appears that they were all created during the lockdown. So 
in addition in different countries in right in so, different so countries. the first one was made in uh um uh france uh, outside of paris it looked like and then the second one was made in italy in rome, in rome. specifically yeah and then the third seemed to be made Certainly in California, probably somewhere in the Silicon Valley area. Laura. That that would be my guess. Okay. Yeah. So, but yeah. it but it was very interesting because you know these are not short films that were necessarily made with a film crew and didn't have an you know these weren't you know I think a lot of short films are probably made on a very small budget and maybe made in film schools, but I would imagine that typically. It's more than just a person or a two sitting at home in their apartment or in their house trying to kill some time, you know? Yeah, especially is, with the Oscar-nominated ones, right? Right. So I found it very interesting to watch. And I also think that there's something really kind of cool about it considering, you know, like this podcast was born out of like the extra time thanks to stay at home orders and our inability to actually go to a movie theater and then to go to a bar or restaurant and discuss that. So it was cool to see other people doing projects, much like our projects, much like this project and, and how that played out for other people. I agree with you. Yeah. It's a good parallel. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. So not only did we watch the, that this evening, but now we, of course, are also enjoying a cocktail. Cocktail this evening is yet again a mojito. Just they were so good last week. They were so good last week. I was just waiting, waiting for a chance to have another one. It's hot. It's humid. It's gross. We're in the dog days of summer. We can't, you know hop on an airplane down to Key West. We're certainly not going to Bermuda. Summer beach plans are not what we thought they would be. So most certainly not. This is um, sort of in honor of that uh, lack of ability to spend our balmy nights on a beach somewhere. Uh, how true, how true that is. So Hans, what did you think of the three short films we watched? So I enjoyed watching them. They were interesting and they were a curiosity. I thought that one of them was definitely my favorite. Do you know what my favorite was? Oh, I mean, if I had to guess, I would say, well, my favorite one. It was definitely the, the Queen and the Pope. The Queen and the, the Pope, Pope yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the second one a, a, a good bit. Yes. Um, the, the other two, however... the None of these were tremendous in any in any particular regard. I have respect for the individuals who made the movies. I don't know about their backgrounds. I don't know if they make movies, if they make if they're involved in film or video production or what their experience is. I'm assuming that they have some some level of experience with this. Um, but my my thought was was that the the second one I thought was clever and I appreciated the fact that that while it was certainly not fully formed in 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 what you might expect for 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 a fully formed production um it was clever and 
I thought that it had an entertainment value to it. Yeah. I thought that they made it with an eye to to make a point and to tell a story related to the quarantine, but also with an, with an eye to entertain. And I appreciated that. Uh, in that regard, I felt like the second one sort of was actually making a movie for an audience. I felt like the first one and the third one, and especially the third one, were a bit more huh, indulgent maybe even, especially the third one was my least favorite. I thought the first one was simply a lot of drone footage, which struck me as being, okay, this is interesting, but I don't really see what is actually making this a film as opposed to just somebody splicing together a bunch of footage that they captured on their drone. Um, to which point the, the main barrier to entry in that market is owning a drone. Um, the third one, I found to be rather self-indulgent. It was basically a movie made from a mother to her kids. Um, and I'm not really sure why I'm watching uh, um, uh, basically a photo collage of that a, a mother made for her kids to remember this time period. Um, so uh, maybe, maybe you disagree with that, but it seemed a little indulgent to me without a eye to what the audience would actually be wanting to see or could take away from it. So... I think you make really good points there. And I don't completely disagree with you about any of this. Um, any of the things that you've said. Um, I mean, the Pope one was a very, very, very enjoyable to watch. Yes, it was very enjoyable to watch. And it made me feel like it, it sparked something in me that reminded me of sitting at the Ritz or, you know, sitting in a small independent movie theater and, watching a Emmy nominated short film or a film festival entered short film. It, it definitely did conjure something in me that made me happy. There was a bit of joy in it. Oh, it was so silly. It and was it, so silly, but it, it was, it, it was well written actually. Yes. And it, it was a, it was a joy that existed in me that had, has been untouched during this quarantine. So I found myself quite tickled by it, if you will. Hello Lubowski. But, uh, but but I will say this. So in terms of what you're saying, I'm assuming everybody had, you know, all these films did involve people who had made films pre previously. It did seem like all the films were basically shot on phones. Yeah, it seemed that way. Um, from the notes afterwards. So, I mean, that sort of speaks to the production value on some level. Oh, I mean, yeah, but that wasn't the problem. They all they all no. were shot beautiful. I mean, like, for, you know, they were all on for high depth. They, were, they looked right. appropriate. Yeah. I think the other thing that's worth pointing out is these short films, and I don't know what the requirements were or requested. Like, I don't know how these films ended up in these series, if they were sort of invited, if it was some sort of submission process, and if so, what were the restrictions around the submissions? But they weren't like your typical short films that would be like an Emmy-nominated short film because these films were very short. They were, I think, the like they were eight minutes or nine minutes or maybe ten minutes. They certainly weren't like a twenty-two minute film which I think is an important thing to factor when thinking about it because you don't, you can't do a ton of storytelling in eight minutes. Um, the flip side to that, of course, is that the most storytelling happened, happened in the second film with the Pope. And that, of course, had the most storytelling and captured our hearts. So, uh, you know, mm -hmm. 
I think there's something to be said for that. I also think that maybe we aren't used to this format. We're not used to the eight minute film or the nine minute film. So maybe we need to sort of like readjust our expectations on some level. Okay. Um, just to go through them in order. So the first one was the one that involved the drone. I agree with everything that you're saying. I did find the drone footage interesting as somebody who loves to travel. It was kind of cool and intriguing to see this part of France that I had certainly never been to and seemed very different than places I had been to. Well, it seemed almost journalistic, sort of. Yeah, totally journalistic. The thing that kind of caught me was that, like, towards the end, the drone was, like, flying past buildings and looking in windows, and you were starting to see these, like, little blips of story play out. And, like, there was a part of me that was, like, I want a whole movie of this drone, but I want this like drone to like float from window to window and then like enter and like get to see the story in that apartment, even if that story is just a little vignette. So I agree. I wanted more storytelling. Oh, well, that, that right there would make for, for a super interesting premise for, for a, that could even be a short too, but it would be, you know, maybe a 25 minute or 30 minute short. Right, yeah. right. Hey, that could be a movie right there. It's it's sort of a, a rear window. Right, you know, exactly. Sort scenario. of thing. But I mean, in defense of what it was, was it didn't just, it wasn't just the drone footage. It was also sort of a little bit of the story of the boy that owned the drone, even if it wasn't an entirely fleshed out story about the boy that owned the drone. Well, it started off that way, but, yeah. but he kind of got just, he kind of existed in the beginning for some reason. And then he started flying the drone. And then while we saw his, him working his, you know, controllers as he moved the drone about, I mean, I would have liked it maybe if, if it had circled back to him somehow at the end yeah. and there had been some sort of something else there that, yeah. that tied it together. Cause as I saw it, it was, you know, the, the kid wakes up in the morning and goes to school and, then flew a drone and yeah. then we just watched the drone fly. Yep. No, and I mean, that's fair. So overall, I thought it was interesting, but I would agree with you that it's, it was certainly my second favorite because I really enjoyed the first or the second one, which was the imaginary story of when the Pope and the Queen spent quarantine together told through figurines yeah they, they were unique figurines i'm not really sure what these figurines were in, intended the, their original purpose was intended for um but they um they, it was it was it was low low quality of course it, they didn't really animate animate them or anything most of the time there were static shots of just the the two figurines standing in front of some backdrop that of course was not appropriate to their scale um, for instance, they'd be going for a walk through the through the rose gardens, and they'd be standing in front of two terracotta pots of 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 of, of plants that were fifty times the size of the figurine. It was preposterous in all varieties of way. They went swinging on a on a porch swing, and it was a person sized porch swing. And of course, they were diminutive. They slept on full beds. It was it was preposterous. But the starkness of the way that it was framed, I thought that the person or people who were making that movie actually had 
I, I felt like they really kind of like like storyboarded this movie. Totally, they, they had planned a it. They had a vision. They scripted it. They wrote it up, and the writing was good. Like the writing was clever. I laughed out loud during this one. There were there were a variety of little little lines and little zingers that were very funny. Sometimes the Pope told jokes, and then it ended with them making with these figurines making some commentaries about their lives as as figureheads and the the sense of isolation of a monarch or a pontiff in comparison to our communal sense of isolation. I thought it it was a short little movie. It was not like, oh wow, amazing. Like how do they do this 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 animation? This wasn't Wes Anderson stop motion animation or something. Right. But but this was this was clever and this had a vision to it. And I felt like I was watching a short in the sense that the other two, I didn't really feel like I was watching a short film. I felt like I was just watching a video. Yeah, I get that. And fair, 100 percent fair. I actually it's funny you should bring up Wes Anderson because I actually had a completely similar but different thought, which is that. So all these films, they said where they were made, right? And like this, right. this film was made in Rome. Right. But it occurred to me that I very much felt like watching this film, that like these must be Americans living abroad, right? That's, that was well, my they like... They certainly spoke English. They certainly spoke English. But that was my takeaway was there was like, I just felt like there was like a sensibility about it that was like very American. And in fact, I had the thought, like, this seems almost Wes Anderson-esque to me. Okay, Because sure. while it wasn't these, like, perfect stop-action films, it's, like, clearly here is somebody almost, like, orchestrating these dioramas. No, and no, then, no, like, no. Yeah. shooting these, like, these figurines in these, like, set-up dioramas, which were preposterous, but also sort of, like, funny and... You know, I just think there was something sort of reminiscent um, of certain aspects of very American filmmaking that existed in it. So I, I like I would like to go back and learn more about like who made that film. Maybe maybe they weren't Americans. Maybe maybe it was somebody who was British. Like I don't think that that was a real British accent. I think it was a fake British accent. The person that was. Um, you know, speaking as the queen, but perhaps I'm wrong about that. You know, there was just, there was a sensibility to it that sort that of... Matter, the Pope had an Italian accent, but there's no reason to believe that... The, there's it, no reason that the Pope would actually have an Italian accent. True. Also, I don't think the Italian accent was a very good Italian accent. I could no. be wrong about that because, I, you know, I'm certainly not a linguist by any stretch of the imagination, but it didn't strike me as like, Oh, that's an Italian person speaking. And also there was a third character that made a small cameo, which was the Big Lebowski figurine. Right. Which to me is something that I think like only only an American could like. <laughs> well, I think that that was extra funny because they probably, for whatever reason, had just another figurine sitting around. And I think they made up stories based around these this bizarre assemblage of figurines that they had for who knows what reason. No, totally. I agree with you. But nonetheless, <laughs> I found it to be visually interesting. I found it to be funny. 
I found it to be smart. And I, I, yeah, I mean, I really just enjoyed it. It it really did just, it just like, there was like a sense of joy. Absolutely. Yeah. There is some real creativity there and I appreciate that. I felt like that added a little something to my evening. Yeah. Um, and the third, that uh, brings us to the third one, which to me, I mean, I'll, you've, you've mentioned on it before, but right. Like the, the third one to me is like something this mom made, this is, I'm being completely overcritical. I'm sorry to the filmmaker because you, you actually made something that was very beautiful, but in terms oh, of- Oh, it was very beautiful and your sentiments were very beautiful. And I don't mean that sarcastically. I not mean, at I, all. I mean, absolutely. They're, they're beautiful sentiments. And I think that they're the kind of sentiments that anybody would want to have their, their parent share with them or would want to share with someone they love, whether that's their offspring or anyone else that they love. Totally. To me, it just watched like one of those things that might appear on your Facebook feed as you're scrolling through it and you get caught by it because it's clearly shot well and you're like, what is this? And then you watch it and like, if it catches you in the right moment, you might even tear up because it's well-made and it's beautiful and times are tough and the sentiment is great. But at the end of the day, if you show up to watch short films as a form of entertainment, I don't know that this is what I signed up for. No, I, 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 I would, would, would certainly agree with, with, with all that. And I think that, um, Look, it was it was personal nostalgia in a lot of ways. And it's look, I can be nostalgic. <laughs> um and it was beautifully made nostalgia. But but, but as a as a, as as uh, from the perspective of a writer, that's not what people that's not what people are looking for. That's not what your audience doesn't want to buy someone else's nostalgia. Well, I will say this, is that perhaps... I'm critical myself with that. No, 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 and that's fair. And that's fair. I also think that this was perhaps we were not the audience, right? Like, we aren't, like, many of the parents that exist in the world today that that are trying to work and homeschool their kids and are worried about their kids' socialization and are, you know, they're making all these tough decisions. So... Hey, Laura, I think that that's a great point, but, but we were the people who watched the sat down on a Saturday night and decided we want to watch these, this assemblage of short films on Netflix. Right. So maybe we are the audience and maybe, maybe that's who they should have been thinking about. Yeah. You could argue that, but you know, your target audience is who your target audience is, not who you want it to be. Right. Totally true. Just not, not, not enjoyable, but also I think the bottom line is, is it, it wasn't very entertaining to me. No. I think that's what it comes down to the third one. It was well-made, perhaps the best in terms of production quality, in terms of filmography, in terms of, it might've been, it might've been the best, but it just, it wasn't that entertaining. And I won't even get into the fact that, I mean, I will, I'll touch on it, but we don't have to have an extended conversation about some of these things where I also just wonder, like, the, 
the kid who like starred sort of was the star oh, of it. Well, that's I agree with you, and I think that's I have I think this is make your point, and I have some things to add on to it, please. Well, I I mean, there's children actors everywhere, so I mean, I suppose, like I said, we could have a whole long discussion about this, but I I also think that like right like this the filmmaker sort of presented this almost as like a gift to her child. A but, gift that was being shared with the rest of the world. And unlike child actors, they're those child actors aren't fully, you know, they're not they're not adult actors, but they're not they're not being captured in their actual life circumstances. They're on a set. They're they're doing something else. It's not their actual memories that are being right. being used. I, I don't I don't want to use the word exploited because I think that's too strong of a word. Right. But that would I don't know what other word to use there. And 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 that's the thing, you know. It's different to be right. like I was a child actor. I played a kid on TV, right. and oh, my actual home videos are you know available for the rest of the world to see on Netflix. I don't. Yeah, I, that was I. That was this was my point that I was going to make. This poor kid was just playing, and his mom was just taking pictures of him and or shooting short films of him, like probably lots of parents do to kids, but. At the and I mean, you can also make the argument lots of those parents post those photos and those videos on Facebook. Sure. But it, it also felt watching this, you know, short film on Netflix felt very like wrongly voyeuristic to me. Fair enough. Yeah. It's weird that that would feel more voyeuristic than the first one, which was by nature entirely voyeuristic. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But it well, but it was also voyeurism existing in the public space. Right. Versus sort of like the public space. Sort of the public space. Well, this is why the this is why there's the some kind of gray areas there, you know, with the balconies, on the balconies and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the, I'm not not sure exactly how that would, would land. You know, is that public space? Is that private space? I guess it's public, but Early on in this discussion, I said how interesting it would be if the drone actually like went into the sort of like zoomed into the different apartments and you saw storylines yeah. play out. Obviously, that didn't happen because it couldn't and it shouldn't and it wouldn't. It would need to be fiction. It could. Yeah, be well, that like, would be where it would get fun. I mean, yeah, right. no, totally. But I mean, maybe that speaks to the reason why nothing else was fleshed out was because you weren't really seeing stories play out where you were just seeing glimpses of things that sort of existed on some level in this public sphere. Um, Cause I did see some things happening and I was like, Oh, I want to know more like, Oh, what's happening there. But, but you, you can't really know. And maybe there's something to that, but to contrast that to the third film, which was, you know, these are pictures of this kid in his house being a kid I don't know that the whole world should see that or wants to see that or needs to see that. I don't know. It felt, it felt sort of, yeah, oddly voyeuristic. And I mean, I suppose at the end of the day, right. It was like his mom that put it out there. And so in terms of any sort of legality, she's the guardian to make these decisions it's just more of like a i don't know if i was that kid i 
see how you could be very proud of that when you got older, or you could be kind of annoyed by it. Yeah, I think it, I, I could could certainly see and see how you'll be uncomfortable with it at some point. Yeah, it, it, in one way or the other, I think that um, the the even if any of that's forgivable, I think that the th thing with the, the third just was that it lacked a, a reason for why I should be watching it. And it sort of felt, in addition to why should I be watching this, I think that there, I like doubled down. I sort of doubled down in that opinion and felt like this feels kind of preachy to me. And, or like, am it I watching? It did feel a bit preachy. And is... am, and or am I watching a public service announcement? Yeah. Like, is this like somehow like at the end of it going to be some sort of strange new Call age? To donate to some. Yeah. Or political campaign. Like, is this somehow going to wrap around and tell me I should vote for somebody because they support these values? I don't know. It just felt very bizarre. It felt too. I think here's the thing, too. Well, I think that's one of the problems is it was, yeah, sorry, go ahead, please. It felt voyeuristic, but it also felt too constructed. And I think part of the reason why it felt so voyeuristic, because it was so constructed, it felt like a PSA or an ad campaign or a donation. But like the fact that they chose to use such real intimate moments in something so constructed felt extra voyeuristic. Does that make sense? It does, like, It yeah. wasn't something that was just captured. Yeah. It was something that was like clearly captured in everyday life along with lots of other things. And it was specifically selected to make a point. And so there was, it was kind of like this weird, I don't know. It was almost like an uncanny valley in some ways because it was like, it was very intimate, but also so constructed. It just left me feeling kind of like, nah, I don't, this, this feels very unauthentic to me because it's sort of too authentic. It's like hyper authentic. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I think that's, I think that's, I think those are excellent points. I agree with you. Yeah. So it was an interesting experience. Totally. I mean, there's lots more and I'm interested in watching more of them in the future. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Yep. Everybody's entitled to their opinion Everybody's entitled to their thoughts Everybody's entitled to their opinion